Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 14th of August, 2022. Oh no. Oh no. Halt. Halt. Do not move. I surrender. I surrender to the eternal might of the Sontaran Empire. Putting my hands up. Don't shoot. Halt immediately. I don't understand how you're alive. <laughs> I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, this is Big Finish, audiobooks, audio drama and, well, this podcast, all for the love of stories. Very soon now we'll be chatting to David Richardson, Big Finish's recently retired senior producer, who'll be telling us about his top ten favourite productions, won't you David? It's a bit like being in an asylum here, actually, just watching you. T- <laughs> Good Lord. I'm, I'm semi-retired, actually, Nick. I am not retired. Um, I, I'm, yes, I will be here if I can be the course. Good. Well, following that, it's the Good Review Guide. This week, we're talking about the worlds of Blake 7, the Clone Masters. I believe I'd make a worthy commanding officer. <laughs> Do you really? I'm Space Commander Travis. Then we'll be off behind the scenes with the Ninth Doctor Into the Stars, Salvation 9 by Timothy X. Atak. I'm Tim X. Atak, and I had the best time in the world whilst writing Salvation 9. Following that, it's once again time to open your ear inbox with listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. In our also available segment, we go behind the scenes with last week's release, UFO. Our audio drama reimagining of the classic ITV series from the mind of Jerry Anderson. Already getting great reviews out there. Hello, my name is Barnaby Kay and I play Ed Straker. Then the Randomoids Electrotron will once again be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. We're currently utterly clueless as to what that release Rand will nominate. Well, actually, I'm not. I can sit here because I've already done it. Yeah, you I know. know. I know, I know, I know. But by pressing the innocuous-looking big red button, which I did, I can warp time and give you this clip. Good morning, I'm the Doctor. And then, as you may have come to expect, it'll be time to give you a free 15-minute drama tease this week from the Ninth Doctor Into the Stars, Salvation 9 by Timothy X. Atak. I surrender. I surrender to the eternal might of the Sontaran Empire. Putting my hands up. Don't shoot. Halt immediately. It's hot here. Is it, it hot is very you two hot. guys are. Oh, in it. But I have been throwing myself in the sea. Actually, I go, I go sea swimming every day now in this weather. That's the best thing about living by the sea is you get you get the cooling elements of the sea, but also the sea breeze, which is so nice in times like this. Yeah. How close is the sea to where you live? It's seven minutes walk away. Although That's I, good. You've, you've beat me. I have timed it, yeah. <laughs> you've beaten me. Yeah. But mine's half an hour walk, but uh, there you go. It's not a competition. <laughs> good point. So, David, Hello. for anyone who uh, is slightly confused by what I said earlier about the semi-retirement thing and all that, what, what uh, it's not that really, is it at all? Just can you explain your situation? <laughs> My situation. Um, well, for the last 15 years, um, I've been working at the heart of the Big Finish business, yeah. um, doing the schedule, working with you, Nick, tackling day-to-day problems and just getting stuff made, helping everybody out. And 
after 15 years, I thought, well, it's, I'm nearly 60. So I've semi-retired. So what I've done is I've, I've given up the business side of my job, but I'm now freelance producing for Big Finish. So I get the joy of still carrying on doing all these lovely productions that make me happy. And then what are you working on at the moment that you could mention? <laughs> what am I working on that I can mention? I'm doing more Fourth Doctor stuff. Um, still recording with Tom, which is going very, very well. Um, what can I talk about? <laughs> oh, it's so hard. I can say I'm b- b- recording with Paul McGann, can't I? Yeah, because we've announced yeah. we've, we've got more Paul McGann and Peter Davison, been doing with Peter and his crowd. So, uh, so yeah, basically the, much of the stuff I was already doing when I was working exactly. in yeah. the business side, I'm still doing. There you go. And uh, Benji, you've... Uh Presumably, uh, you won't notice any difference, really, with David, will you? Because you're just interacting with him as a... Well, that's it. it. For me, it, it, it's a sort of business as usual, really. Um, I, for me, I guess I'm just happy that David can still do what he likes doing. And I love working with David. We've worked... I mean, to be honest, I work... Most of the time I work with you, I certainly have done my time at Big Finish. Mm. So it's nice that, that my life isn't going in a crazy other different direction. It's just nice that we still enjoy that. So, yeah. I think you know the in the yeah, yeah. Uh, what I mentioned last week as a video that I sent you. Well, we're obviously not divulging the actual contents of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, well, I think we should if you're going to put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people expressing uh, their um, affection for you, and the the general sentiment is is that oh, thank goodness you're not actually going at yeah. all. You know, which is yeah. So the, the same sentiment from me as well, really. But yeah, I mean that. that the video, I know we can't talk about what's in it, but gosh, it was spectacular. I can't, I, I can't believe the amount of work you put into that, Nick. It's, just, oh, you're very you know, it's like a fully fledged production in its own right. So God bless Did you. Did you for like that. the Quatermass bits? Yes, I loved everything. It just made me laugh and it made me cry. It was oh, perfect. Jolly good. Um, so, what we're going to do is, it was your suggestion actually, wasn't it, to nominate your sort of top 10 things you've worked on. I know it's not, it's not really a countdown to the best ever one or anything, but we're going to pretend it is just for the uh, sake of it. Uh, so, we're going to do the, the first five now. So, what would you like? Oh, the first five? Yeah. What, what you, okay. Or the, or okay. the bottom five or the, the in between five, whichever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that. There's really no um, no order to this, and actually, if I did this list next week, it would probably be as different again. It's just things that fell into my head. So um, the first five, okay, I'm going to go for um, the last adventure, Brink of Death, oh. um, because I just thought it was a lovely way to finish Colin's era, leading into into Time and the Rani. Um, and I know for for some time Colin was dead against doing a regeneration story, wasn't he, Nick? He was. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. needed a, he needed a lot of persuading to do it. How did you do that persuading? Um, I think I, I I think I just made clear that it wouldn't be the end of the Sixth Doctor, but it would just give the fans that moment, you know, that ending moment. Yeah. And I do remember saying to Colin actually, the important thing about regeneration stories is it really makes the audience realise what they've lost and how much they love that incarnation. And I, I think that's what registered with him, that he thought, yeah. actually, yes, I owe this to people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you wrote the script and it was lovely, wasn't it? Oh. Just 
I've really intricately led into that time in the rock, which wasn't easy to do, actually, was it? It's a no. very. I enjoyed doing it very much. I really. And we got a great cast as well, didn't we? It got a great response as well. Uh, you know, seeing on Twitter and things like that, people really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, that says a lot. I'm massively impressed yeah. that you've straight away mentioned a script that was written by me so thank you yeah i don't, I don't know if there are any others no, don't I'm get sure too excited no, no, <laughs> <laughs> and who was it who uh, i can't remember her name now who who was from life on mars and, and many series who's liz white liz white yeah who yeah was amazing in it. we worked with her again actually yeah she was made of bond bk's and did um, the peladon uh-huh. boxer and was amazing again because because i know i said to you after we'd done that um that box, the six doctor box say it would have been lovely to have made her a companion but you just, there just was no room left for it in the story was there? Really. but it was you know it was just she really resonated with us didn't she yes yeah and she called me chucky i remember all the time <laughs> yeah what is it chucky what do you want chucky she used to say yeah i think she meant like the doll <laughs> well that was the image i had in my head okay. that's what you look like when you're directing <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's let's have a reminder of the brink of death. Here's, here's a bit of a clip. I know I said you reminded me of myself in some ways, but you don't know me at all, do you? Well, I suppose we have only just kind of met. And it's my fervent hope that you and I will get to know each other better, Janesta. What do you mean? That's a story for another day. Suffice it to say that I did something a bit like your trip to Yorkshire, except on a rather bigger scale. You mean, you travelled to London? To London and beyond. Wow! And that's where I promise I'll take you when I get through this. But how are you going to... I've got an idea. And as time's running out, you'd better give me a hand up. There you go. There we are. Um, What's (laughs) next? Next up is The Eighth Doctor Absent Friends. Um which John Dawley wrote just after his dad died. Mm. Um, and I think it's such a raw and personal story, um, you know, when you've got Paul Nicola and Hattie delivering material like that. It was it was really special. I mean, it, it was, when just being there at the recording, I mean, we're all in bits just listening to um, the scene where Nicola takes a phone call, uh, Liv takes a phone call from her dad, yeah. um, who's died. Um, and yeah, it was just amazing, really amazing. Just that very basic idea of after you've lost somebody, they phone you up. Yes, um, I think yeah, I would. I would say I, I, he expressed it brilliantly, and it so uh, and that won a, a BBC Audio Award. He it? did. Yeah, we all went along, didn't we? I, I remember making a speech in front of Bill Nighy. <laughs> just him looking up at me from the audience thinking oh no Bill Nye is looking and listening at me um, but uh, yeah it, it was very very a very special script and just very special things happened with it so hooray for John I remember saying to John that yeah, and uh, that it's um, it's it was such a brilliant thing to write because it's something that people often feel. Have you had that? I mean when my father died I had several dreams about him phoning me up mm. Mm. And then on one particular occasion, my father-in-law phoned me up quite a few years later and, and he just sounded like an old man with a slightly crusty voice. And I said, who, who is this? And he said, it's your dad. And I nearly, I nearly wow. died on the spot. 
Yeah. Suffice it to say, my wife said to her father, don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did a similar thing after we lost Paul Sprague about six months later. I got a mm. an email from him, which, of course, was um, spam. It was a hack. But just the shock of looking at my inbox and seeing Paul emailing me, it was like, oh, my God. You know, it was it's such a powerful yeah. reaction, isn't it? For those of you who don't know, Paul Sprague was a colleague of ours who we sadly lost very prematurely in his life. Um, yeah, I'm sure all you listeners do know about him. Um, uh, also, wasn't his name on one of the, um, like, we transfer or something, one of those accounts, so every time yeah. you got a notification from it, it had yeah. Paul's name on it. Yeah. Yeah, I still love that on the um, Vortex magazine. He's still credited. As, oh yeah, we credit him the on team. all the. It's so lovely. Yeah, it's so lovely. Yeah, you said we were going to do that at the funeral, didn't you? I remember. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Um. So uh, let's have a, a clip from Absent Friends. Is something the matter? Sorry, what? You're upset. I thought I might be able to help. Well, it's none of your business, is it? Maybe not, but when someone's... Look, you're right. It was a mistake. I, I shouldn't have interfered. No. Wait. I'm sorry. I'm the one that should apologise. It, it's, it's not your fault. It was just... Um... Someone keeps mucking around on my phone. Calling me up. They're pretending to be... Well, it, it doesn't matter who they're pretending to be. I mean, it's kids, probably. They just touched a nerve. Oh, booming phone. I never wanted the thing in the first place. Ban the mobile phone mast. Eh? Uh, those leaflets over there. Oh. Oh, are they still out? Should have got rid of them ages ago. Funniest thing about Absent Friends is, up, upon, you know, you have the you Wikipedia... You did the sound design, didn't you? Yes, I did, yes. It was a you huge did some nice to do sofa so. noises, I seem to remember. <laughs> Sounds like something I'd do, yeah. Lots of sitting down. Um, the funniest thing about the um, the Wikipedia page is it often has different references, and I love that the detail in which people have, have gone to, 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 you know, capture this story. It says here, sandwiches are served at the press conference. This is actually in the references section. Um, it says that the doctor and Liv have a ginger beer and fizzy water. <laughs> George gets Helen a cup of tea. Somebody sat down and said, oh yes, I better, that's really important information in this story. I better, I better, in, I better include that uh, Helen has asked the taxi driver for £2.50 in shillings. Um, what on earth is that on? <laughs> it's on the tardis.fandom.com. Right, um, Helen gets I, a return ticket, just in I case you're worried how she beer. got back. I would say, and you said a ginger beer. Ginger beer? I say ginger beer. Interesting. Well, David, you decide. How do you say ginger beer? Ginger beer, obviously. Ah, it's a generational thing. I'd just like ginger. to go back to the fact that that you said you were nearly sixty, so you thought it was time to retire. I'm I'm over sixty. What? Well, I, I hear the audience screaming. Why? Give way, Briggs. Get out. Get out. <laughs> it's just. It's it's just. It, I think it's different for everybody. I mean, for me, it was uh, this. This would not have happened. I swear, this would not have happened if lockdown didn't happen um, and I've been stuck at home for two years and going slightly um, off the rails <laughs> as you might have noticed and then we decided to move to Brighton and as soon as soon as I moved to Brighton I lifted and I just totally rediscovered life 
Um, oh, it's just amazing. been the most amazing, amazing thing. Um, so the, yeah, oh. the, for me, it's it's not about it's not so much about the fact that I I was nearly sixty. I guess it's the fact that life is different. And I just want to explore some other things as well. Beautifully put, David. Uh, let's move on to your third one. <gasps> I'm going to go, oops, is he knocking his microphone? I'm going to go for the whole of Dalek Universe, uh, which was the 10th Doctor series. Um, The the reason I'm going to go for this is because it was such a massive challenge and I'm so pleased um, it was so well received. We haven't really talked about this in much detail, but um, when it was made, basically this was during lockdown and David Tennant Mm -hmm. became available. And basically, mm-hmm. I got a call say from Jason saying, David's going to be available to do some recordings. You've got four weeks. You've got one week to write the storyline, one week to write the scripts, one week for rewrites and casting, and then you're in studio. Um, so we all scrambled, and Dalek Universe is what came out of it. Um, and I think it just goes to show, actually, that if if you do have to do things quickly, it can really focus you to turn something around that's really good. I mean, like Ark, the Ark in Space, which is probably my favourite Doctor Who story, was written in the weekend, wasn't it? Because they had a production crisis. Um, wow. Yes. You know, it's, so, yeah. Was we had a weekend? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Robert Holmes wrote it in two days because the John Lucarati script wasn't working out. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 On a typewriter as well. <laughs> On a typewriter, yeah. Oh, wow. Don't even know if they had Tipex then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was actually called the Park in Space, but the P wasn't working on the typewriter. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and it well, was, that is it, incredible. It, it, it was so nice to sort of put David with sort of like a new dynamic of having Jane Slavin and Joe Sims as Anya and uh, Mark Seven. It was it it, it, worked, it, it, it just it worked and yet in a way it didn't have a right to work because it was <laughs> it was so stressed and last minute and you could carry it with with the later installments presumably there was more time to have those written wasn't there? there was a little bit more time but they were the they were sort of the recordings were a week apart so you know you you only had one week extra beyond the you know the the, the initial deadline i mean looking back at it now it was you know, it was it was bonkers to try and do it like that. So the fact we did it—it's it's, an amazing thing. And I I was down to direct some of them, wasn't I? But I got a little bit ill. You were, you were. Yeah, yes, I remember now. Yes, you you I had certainly to do the out. first one. Yeah, yeah. And I and I got a lovely email from uh, David Tennant. You know, because he'd heard that because he was expecting me to direct, and then he heard I wasn't, and he just wrote a nice email saying, well, "I hope you get better soon." Aww. Unfortunately, I'm still not better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> it's been years now. Well, brilliant. Um, we, I tell you what, since that's a whole big thing, we should just hear the trailer for the, the first uh, box set. Anya! Anya! From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Tenth Doctor Adventures, Dalek Universe 1. Time travel. Good idea or not? It's overrated. Bit dark though, isn't it? Surely if you're going around opening doors, you'd switch on the lights. Maybe those systems were damaged in the crash? Very probably. Mark? Wait, Mark? Mark, I know. Mark Seven? But 
Why send me there? Why do you two? I believe I may have the answer to that conundrum. I think you may have been sent to me because I was investigating George Sheldrake. And he's launching the time tunnels from there at midnight. Midnight? Why is it always the end of the world at midnight? You can trust me. In fact, that's your only option. I'm the foremost temporal scientist of this era. Don't thank me yet. I think we're coming down in the clearance zone. Among all those mechanoids, brace yourselves! Ah, too late, they've opened fire. Ah! It's landing in the next street. Then let's get over there. You too, mechanoid, come up! The Visions. There's one in here. Whatever potential chronoclasm this is, it's likely to have been triggered by the activation of the time tunnels. Temporal anomaly detected! Big finish. We love stories. You're the only one that can help. Without you, it's the end of everything. There you are, Dalek Universe. So you can find all these releases, obviously, at bigfinish.com. I mean, you know, if you want to type in... What would you type in to get absent friends? I mean, you could try Doom to... Coalition, I guess. And that's Doom right. Coalition. Actually, I would, um, I, may I be so bold as to say you could actually just type in absent friends? You know, oh, you be could. radical. Well, it will just it will yeah. show up. So, obviously, type in Dalek Universe for this one. And uh, the brink of death. I mean, try typing that in as well. Sorry, I should have uh, mentioned this earlier. Okay, what's uh, your fourth one? Fourth one, I'm going to go for uh, Jago and Lightfoot, Encore of the Scorchies. Um, it was a fully, it was crazy. It was a fully fledged Jago and Lightfoot musical. Um, and Howard Carter did the most amazing, amazing score. I mean, the, the words and and the, the sorry, the lyrics and the music were just incredible. And Lisa Bauman cast the guest roles with um, West End singers, um, singer, yeah, singer, singer, actor performances. Um, and it was it, it was incredible to watch it being made. I mean, I love musicals anyway, but to be there in the studio whilst they were recording this musical score and to see Christopher and Trevor love it so much, to, because I don't. I, they were they were just blown away by the fact it was something so different and something you know just showed the limits of what we could do at Big Finish. You know we were, we were pushing the boundaries and the the final production I listened to time and time again just because it makes me smile. You know it's it's. <laughs> did you have extra time to do it because of the musical no, aspect? No, we you did, did it all in a day. No, that we did episode. it all in one day. Yeah. <gasps> Incredible. So Howard had pre-composed stuff that was played into the actors. We, he pre-composed stuff. We sent it to the actors, and they learned it, and then they just came in and performed it. Um, they 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 were amazing, and just the, the whole thing is, right, is just an hour of pure happy to me. And there you are, Lisa, with her amazing. She's got so many contacts, knows so many actors, and she knows the yeah. right people to go to, doesn't she? She's amazing yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just to turn that around in a day, um, and it just again, it just sounds so polished and wonderful. So uh, I might, wow. I might have to listen to it this afternoon. Actually, now I've <laughs> talked myself into it. Let's have a listen to the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Jago and Lightfoot, Series 8. Oh, my word. We're the Scorches, sir. This may blow your tidy noggin off. 
boy, but we are alien. They're mean and malign and they mangle my mind with malevolent musical modes. Their incessant rhyming has slowly been climbing up through my head till it explodes. Bring up that lamp, would you, Henry? And hail me. Ahoy there! This is Henry Gordon Jago, consultant to Her Majesty's Metropolitan Police. Anyways, I'm Patsy. Patsy? Yeah, Patsy. And this chiseler, he's had the way with me bleeding fish. You idiots! He's ruined it! You have her safely confined, I hope. She didn't give me much choice, state she was in. Ranting and raving and biting my constables. Beg pardon? It's all right, Ellie. You leave them to me. On you, Inspector, you can pass off and all. Hey, hey, this is the light. Don't stop that, Henry. I can hardly hear myself think as it is. Never mind the whistle. Good night, good night. The end is nigh of that wizard and Jago. And Lightfoot, it's time we reach our final Big Finish. We love stories. There you are. What, what should they type into the Big Finish site to find that, do you think? Again, Encore of the Scorchies will we'll reveal we'll it. get you there. Yeah. You're very confident in the abilities of our website. I've done this many times. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, so uh, so your fifth one, the, the, the last one we're going to talk about in this section of the podcast. There'll be more coming up later. What, what have you got? I'm going to go for River Song 529. Um, another John Dorney script. Thank you, John. Yes. Just the most beautiful concept in that at, at the same time at 529, when the world hits that time, that part of the world ends. And it's just a very doom-laden story in which 529 is approaching. And it's this force of death is sweeping across the globe um, and it's, it's just about a small group of people um, in their last hours looking ahead to 529 and trying to get away from it um, beautiful wow. stuff really yeah. lovely and Alex's daughter Salome was in it playing um, an android called Rachel and Sal- I think it might have been Salome's first audio work actually but she, she, she was great I think I might have visited the studio when that was going on you know did you? I just in the green room sort of thing. I seem to because I Gosh. met Salome. Anyway, and I've, I'll let um, you in. Let, yeah, I, know, <laughs> I pressed the buzzer. Happen? Bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Harry Potter lets us say rude words like that. Um, let's have a little clip then. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Hello, my name's River. River Song. The Diary of River Song, Volume Two. The ship is going nowhere, the stars are going out, and for once, I haven't a clue. All communication has been lost overnight with North America, South America, and several other regions. What? In all cases, the event causing the blackout appears to have taken place at 5.29 precisely. What the blue blazes is going on? I'm very sorry to tell you, it's the end of the world. We need to get out of here. Uh, You? River Song. Miss Song. That makes you the biggest idiot in the universe. But I... Find uh, out what's going on, then meet me for lunch tomorrow. What? Yes. Amazing woman. 
We're on a date and you're the one who brings the handcuffs? Just one of my hobbies. Oh, really? Escapology! Yes, and is this because I didn't let you explain? Goodbye, River Song, whoever you are. <laughs> Doctor! <laughs> Both of you! River! Is that your plan? See if it jokes for all of us at once! There is no way I'm letting you lay one finger on my... Oh! Back off, Murphy. I've seen the rig. If there's a solution to be found, we'll find it there. Fetch! No! Stop it! No! Go! London is falling! This street is not safe! I remember now. I remember everything. Big finish. We love stories. <sighs> Some days I've dreamed of having two of you to play with, but not you two. Are you honestly saying that if you type 529 into the Big Finish website, that you'll get that? Do you want me to just test it? Well, yeah. Look, this is me testing it. I'm loading the Big Finish website. 529. No. There it is. 520. You? you do it in words. Oh, Five right. 529. Yeah. There we are. In there words. it is. There Bingo. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I see. It's also um, released as a. It's in series two of River Song, isn't it? Yes. It is. It is. Yeah, there we are. River has made a terrible discovery. John Dorney wrote the script. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's a great cover as well. There's a really disturbing monster on the front. The Diary of River Song, Series 2. Okay, David, that's, uh, uh, stay with us in the podcast and feel free to speak up any time you like. Um, but now it's time to move on. Certainly is. It's time now for the Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at the worlds of Blake Seven, the Clone Masters. Oh, what is it? There's no one on reception because reception's been smashed to pieces. From Big Finish Productions, the worlds of Blake Seven, the Clone Masters. Jenna Stannis. Hello, Hinton. How wonderful to see you again. You've barely changed. I'm under commission from a clone master. A clone master? Their ruler has died. Sound the bells. The queen of the clone masters is dead. There's quite the power struggle underway on their homeworld. If I can help them ascend to the throne, the resistance might have a powerful new friend. Stop all this! Stop all this at once! Travis, I didn't think we would make quite so dramatic an entrance. It's you! No! No! Keep back! This is a research base that specialised in cloning. She thought she recognised you. She called you Lara. It cannot be a coincidence that there is some sort of connection to both the Clone Masters and the Aurons. Commander Travis, I am currently with so a patient. you know who I am? Of course I do. 
Travers, Space Commander Alpha 15105. You shouldn't have come here. It's not safe. We must make a hasty exit. Come on! Okay, that does it. I believe I'd make a worthy commanding officer. <laughs> Do you really? I'm Space Commander Travis. I am destined for great things. Oh, oh, oh. Goodbye, oh. What are you doing? Ah! You have an hour on in your crew, don't you? Callie. Why are you asking? Because I came across an unusual hour on myself. Alara Kay. Big finish. We love stories. Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type Clone Masters into the search pane to join the worlds of Blink 7. Well, first up, it's setthetape.com, Lee Thacker, uh, who says, Whilst retaining the spirit of Blake Seven, the Clone Masters has its own energy and drive, giving something distinctive and special and doing justice to some of the ensemble who had perhaps fared less well originally. The world of Blake Seven definitely shows the way forward with an ideal formula for being able to carry on the fight against the Federation, whilst also telling compelling tales which offer the limelight to the more underutilized characters. Mm -hmm. And it's four stars, but it could be that the, he's actually swearing, you know, yeah. just stepped on a bit of Lego or something. <laughs> you know, uh, David, we say this every week. <laughs> uh, uh, David, do you want to read out the next one? Oh, I could, but I've closed the file, so you go for it, Nick. <laughs> he's not paying attention wish anymore. I could use that one uh, <laughs> Indie Mac user Ian McArdle says I highly recommend the Clone Masters as an intriguing dive into an aspect of Blake 7 that the television show simply didn't have time for I nearly said with my teeth in also it redresses the balance by giving both Callie and Jenna some well deserved action away from the Liberator and who can argue with two Travises well I suppose you would wouldn't you with both of them arguing with you would they agree with each other? That's, that's, you know. I saw an episode of uh, Out last night with, by Trevor Preston, a sort of crime series from the 80s. And, and um, one of the uh, Travises was there. Brian Croucher was in that. Yeah. Oh, was he, it good? Would you recommend it? Well, Out? Yeah. Well, I'd recommend anything written by Trevor Preston, who also created Ace of Wands, you see. A much underrated writer, and all the best episodes of The Sweeney are by Trevor Preston as well. Ah, uh, okay. Jack uh, White Dove, Snow Black Snake. It was, that Blake Seven wasn't the first time they'd worked together. Actually, they they were talking. Really? They did, yeah, they did a TV episode or something together. Um, which, if I remembered it, this would be a brilliant anecdote, but I don't, so move on. <laughs> oh, it's about up to the standard of our usual anecdotes. Is it? Half-remembered <laughs> half fragments of nonsense, uh, which is the subtitle of this entire podcast. Uh, uh, Benji, there's another one here, isn't there? Yeah, it certainly is. This is At Boundary's Edge by Alex Hallman. Uh, the Clone Masters fleshes out, in a disturbingly literal sense, a previously only hinted at corner of the Blake 7 universe. Mixing horror, politics and action, it's a great entry point for this expanded audio range, and one I truly 
recommend. Um, the, the thing is, it, does it explain why there are two Travises then? Yes. That's quite fun, isn't it? Yeah. That, mm. Well, yeah. The clue might be in the title of the box set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clones. Uh, and finally, uh, Morgan, a uh, good friend of mine, no, I've never heard of them, uh, on Goodreads says, uh, well-produced, directed trilogy of tales revolving around the coronation of the new monarch uh, slash pope of the clone masters. As Blake Seven, this is quite fun, actually, he says, as Blake Seven was always a thespian-driven show headed up by classically trained Shakespearean <laughs> actors hamming it up. Oh, it's a dog barking. That's, there they are now, no hamming it up. Sorry. Classic classically trained Shakespearean dog interrupts review uh, it tends to work quite well on audio says Morgan thank you uh, that's it for the reviews this week next time we'll be talking about Torchwood Soho Ashenden uh, a lovingly crafted tribute to Kratomaz 2 if ever I heard one I know it's pronounced Soho I just thought I'd say Soho Soho well, still to come in this podcast, listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com and we'll be going, or as it says here, gonig behind the scenes <laughs> with our already acclaimed audio reimagining of UFO Destruct Positive. It says gonig because the, uh, <laughs> I'd just like to go into this detail, the keyboard <laughs> on my MacBook Air has got very sticky. And it oh, always, that'll be it then. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear! All my all my ing words all have it round the wrong way. Anyway, I'm sure that's fascinating. If you've had a similar experience uh, with your keyboard, please do write in and uh, make sure that it's more interesting than that which I just said. Uh, but first, let us delve behind the scenes with the Ninth Doctor into the stars. Salvation Nine by Timothy X. Atak. Quick uh, anecdote about uh, recording this, David. Oh, that, it's not been released yet, has it? No, no. Uh, it's, but it's I, released it, this week. It's released, it's released this, this week. Our, it was it was really interesting to do a ninth Doctor comedy, um, and it's very very funny. Um, yeah, it, 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 we we just laughed and laughed during the recording. It's gorgeous. Do you say that in the extras? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find out. It's a long time ago. I'm Helen Goldwyn, and I had a really good time uh, directing Salvation 9. I can't believe you're unaware of how dangerous, how murderous and unstoppable they are. Actually, I'm here to save them. Why would you do that? Long story. Asking nicely, leave them in peace. Doctor, that's nonsensical. It's obscene. Why would anyone want to save the Sontarans? So this is a, I don't really know how to uh, introduce this, but um, this is a brilliant twist on a familiar alien. Obviously, we've got the Sontarans here who are very familiar to people who've watched the TV series as being very warlike and uh, indomitable and will not ever submit to defeat. My name is Christopher Eccleston and I play the Doctor. Halt immediately! I'm halted! I'm 100% halted. I can't halt anymore. It's just... There's mud. What? There's quite a lot of mud. What? It's something I enjoy in my work generally, is, is there's a great, great pleasure to be taken being a straight man. And that's what the Doctor has to be here. I think it's nice to see the Doctor genuinely surprised 
uh, the innocence of the Santarans and how bad they are at acting when they have to try and be evil and they're rubbish at it. <laughs> I love that. I'm Tim X Atak and I had the best time in the world whilst writing Salvation 9. I never thought I'd see the day. I'm on a roller coaster here. If part of you is malfunctioning, we can amputate it. Thanks, I'll, uh, n- uh no, no, ta. Well, this started out as me wanting to write a kind of like a, a, a Seven Samurai sort of story. In fact, for a while, I would think I was pitching an idea literally set in feudal Japan and featuring a different kind of monster. But uh, but, but when, when I thought about maybe a peaceful village employing the Doctor to protect them from a threat, I thought it would be great for it to be the Sontarans, you know, kind of like, oh no, the Sontarans are coming. Hello, I'm Dan Starkey, and I play Lops, Ilenx, and the fearsome Henks. This is a delightful story featuring the Sontarans in, in a way that we've never seen them before again. It's sort of like um, Salvation 9. This is a, a group of Sontarans who have evolved and it's uh, it's just, it's, it's engineered in a very nice way. You know, some of it's retrospective. The Doctor's sort of telling the story sort of like a after after the fact and it's all happened. And yeah, it's just it's just really quite satisfying to see sort of a, <laughs> how it foregrounds, you know, how, how nice the uh, the Niners are and how sort of horrible and flat-headed and awful <laughs> the Sontarans, the actual Sontarans are. 500 miles from a plug socket, wrapped in one huge tentacle bowler hat on my head, and he looks at me and he says, Doctor, I think you should have left it in the oven. <laughs> I don't get it. Lops is, is great fun, because when we first meet him, and he's very aggressive, just like a Sontaran would be. So certain bits of the Sontaran sort of like programming kick in, in times of adversity, but actually he's just, just generally extremely well disposed towards things. I see some cobbled together biotech around, but no base stations or ships. How do you charge up? Incredible! He makes no sense! Say more nonsense, stranger! I tend to write from start to finish. I tend to kind of like hit the ground running as much as I possibly can and sort of throw myself into the story and not really know what um, what's necessarily entirely going to happen or at least not know how people are going to completely react to the circumstances that they're in. So I, th- I think that's always that's always pretty good for a Doctor Who story when you kind of, you know, you, you want to have a sense of discovery as you're moving along. So, for instance, there was there was one bit of one bit of it that I had no idea what was how I was going to get out of it until I wrote it. Hi there, my name is Josie Lawrence, and I'm playing Gaznak. Well, sometimes the universe just gives you a kick up the backside. There's no doubt this this shows it. I've always been a Doctor Who fan since the early days of hiding behind the sofa at the Daleks in in the sort of mid-60s. I love science fiction full stop, really. And uh, so when I was asked to do it, especially an alien who's known for being so vicious and hostile, it's quite a nice part to play. (laughs) It shows how a single Centauran squadron began wiping out an entire people, the people of this forest. A genocide. We don't know that word. Well, you do now. I think it's very funny, uh, but I also think it's incredibly moving as well. How do you make up for your past? So there's quite a a serious issue there, uh, as well as it being, you know, fun and you get the, the, the different parts, especially from Lops, who's an incredibly funny character. But there's something really sort of childlike about them in a way. So yeah, it's a wonderful script. I thought I'll never get away with this. Obviously, there were there were. I'm going back 
years ago. I mean, I used to love, um, when I was a child, Andy Pandy and, and, the, and then later on the Clangers and, of course, Blue Peter and stuff like that. So there's lots of things I remember from my Blue Peter days with John, John Noakes and, and all that. But I think the overriding thing I remember about uh, Doctor Who was being fascinated by the magicalness of it. I think I loved Doctor Who and Star Trek at the same time and I couldn't believe that people could actually disappear and get blown up in quarries and stuff like that. I believed everything. But but the thing that the, the people that got me the worst or the, 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 the ones that got me the worst, not people, were, were the Daleks. They really, really scared me. They scare me like the angels do now. <laughs> Years and years ago, I worked with her on uh, Wizards vs. Aliens uh, when I was in my Hobgoblin suit, uh, the Russell T. Davis uh, television programme, and she was a witch. And, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's one of those classic situations where I met her first in prosthetics, and then afterwards at the hotel, I sort of realised in my own sort of like little dazed world, uh, having, having my dinner after a day in a rubber suit, that she was sitting on the next table to me, and uh, I said, Oh, hello, Josie. And of course, <laughs> the look of blank incomprehension and a kind of like, oh no, someone wants an autograph. So sort of flashed across her face for a, for a moment before I said, it's me, Dan, I've been working with you all day. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, meeting people first in prosthetics is uh, it's quite strange when sometimes then you meet them as, as a real human being. But uh, yes, we were also in Good Omens together. And uh, even though we weren't in similar scenes, we, uh, we had a nice chat at the uh, cast screening. So I, I owe her a few drinks from that. And, uh, and also we have lots of friends in common uh, through the, uh, the world of improvisation. Because obviously she's, even part of the, she's been part of the uh, Comedy Store Players, uh, the Whose Lines It Anyway sort of crew for many, many years. And uh, I know some of those guys, those guys as well from having made stuff up on stage with them too. So it's, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's great fun. Very uh, sort of like a nice, nice lady to work with and, uh, and to uh, socialise with too. I think I already lived in pretty much a very good fantasy world. My, I come from a beautiful, happy working class family. Nobody has uh, any sort of theatre history and didn't even go to the theatre. But my mum said as soon as I could talk, I was pretending to be other people. Uh, along with my imaginary friend, she didn't realise I had an imaginary friend until she worked out what I was doing because every morning I would get up and the front door, which was really the side door onto the backyard, I would open it and then shut it again and then go and have my breakfast. And they finally realised I was letting my friend in. The poor creature obviously lived outside in the garden. And so so I already lived in a fantasy sound, but there's, there's something about fantasy and, and, and science fiction that just really appeals to me. I don't know whether it's escapism or, or what. I just find those kind of flights of fantasy to be wonderful. And I always wanted to be a Doctor Who assistant. But, you know, we can still dream. I think I said something silly on Twitter about being the new Doctor Who assistant, maybe an old-time music hall woman from the past that he's picked up on his way. So this is this is wonderful to be doing this. Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type Into the Stars to catch up with our latest Ninth Doctor box set of astounding adventures. Now, before we continue with listeners' emails, David, let's get back to your lovely list of the productions you've worked on. We've done five of your top ten let's do another three and then save the top two until the end of the uh, podcast okay. i'm going to go for blake seven warship which was the first oh. multi-cast blake seven story we did um so it was really it was just it was so exciting to get all the cast together in one place to record it um and it was it was nice to fill a really important gap 
in the whole mythology of Blake 7. Because I don't know if you know, Nick, the end of series oh. B of Blake 7 ended with a space war about to break out. And the start yes, of series I do that. C, um, the space war was over. So they, yes. they managed to build so up. That was all the utensils. <laughs> the space war was all the utensils arriving, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, it was clearly they 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 didn't have the budget to do something quite so um, demanding and spectacular. Um, but also, at the end of series B, they lost two of their lead actors, so they couldn't really mm -hmm. pick up immediately after. So what I wanted to do uh, was do that episode. So Peter yeah. and Jalidis wrote brilliant. the most brilliant script I thought, which was so in keeping, so exciting, really spectacular and thrilling um and it just fits in beautifully in that gap so i to me now if if i watch the series again i can't do it without listening to that episode because it's for me uh -huh. it's as much a part of the four series run as any other tv episode that's a huge compliment really yeah. isn't it yeah what and it's, they, it's compliment uh, to peter actually who did such brilliant work on it and who now produces the the Blake Seven? Who now range. produces it? Yeah, but he he lives and breathes the series. Did did you know that um, <laughs> it, he used to do a, a fanzine, a Blake Seven fanzine back in the eighties, and Via Lorimer, the producer, invited him along to the set, and he wow. arri he arrived on wow. the set, and it was the recording of the final episode. And as he stepped <gasps> onto the set, all the lead characters were shot dead. <laughs> can, can you imagine now a producer inviting somebody along to the set to see a twist ending yeah. like that it's just... yes that's incredible isn't it? <laughs> mind you he must have found it really uh, rather traumatizing I, th I think he did but i think we all did didn't we actually yeah i watched it i i had the habit of because i didn't watch all of blake seven but i would always tune in for the final episode of the season i think i did yeah. watch the first season but the yeah I, and and that I turned up for that. I thought, oh my god! Yeah. Um. Yeah. How did the cast feel about it? By the way, filling in that gap. Um, they didn't really talk about that aspect so much as just being everybody back together. I guess they saw each other at conventions, but everybody being in the same room. Um. And a really special thing was that um, I think Jacqueline Pierce was in one scene maybe two scenes of serverland and we'd actually planned to record her separately because she was undergoing cancer treatment um but she came in she turned up at the studio and did did all the photographs um sat Amazing. with everybody did did all the photography even though you know she'd lost her hair and everything but she she wasn't she wasn't 100 percent, but she threw herself into it um and she's somebody i miss phenomenally that big finish actually yes. i think she was an incredible and inspiring human being yeah a um, real phenomenon in fact yeah. wasn't she she's yeah. just amazing yeah that's such energy didn't she she just radiated just this power i yeah. always thought yeah i can instantly hear her laugh in my mind <laughs> I, <know. laughs> of us. Yes. I know i think i've told this before that um at the end of the recording, she was supposed to be going off on a cab as soon as we finished recording, but she cancelled the cab just because she wanted to to sit and have a chat with me and Toby. She just said, you know, I've, I've been here all day, we just haven't had time to chat. Let's have a sit, cup of tea and have a chat. Aww. I was just, you know, she was she was a truly special human being, I think. That's exactly the phrase that have just formed in my mind as well. <laughs> David, we've become too similar over the years. No, but we're so lucky, aren't we? I mean, how lucky to have, yes. to have known her. Yes.
I, I think we should play a, a, a trailer from Warship. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Blake 7, Warship. We came here to deliver a death blow to the Federation. There they are. I wanted to tear down Star One forever. There's hundreds of ships. Hundreds. Star One has another purpose. It controls a satellite minefield, a barrier between our galaxy and the next. We're under attack. Then, initiate pattern sigma positioning. Random maneuvers at your discretion. Confirm. Can you see all those mines? Hundreds of them. They're burrowing into the outer hull. Two more ships are through. Should we pursue? Leave it. Stay focused on the gap in the grid. Goodbye, Blake. I wish I could say it's been a pleasure. Savalan, fire! Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. There you go. And just go to bigfinish.com, type warship into the search pane at the top, and I'm betting you'll find it. Okay, next one of the three we're doing this time. Um, this is going to be a monthly range story. Um, okay. Oh, it's another one of yours. Um, robophobia. <gasps> of course. Robots of Death is it, it's, it's definitely one of my top two favourite TV stories. I, I think I've seen yes. it probably about 750 times. Yes. Um, I, I can quote I'm 752, it. actually. I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's just glorious. Um, and... To do a sequel to it and invert it, I thought was genius. Um, it was it was a really lovely way of approaching a sequel. Alan Barnes's idea. Alan Barnes's uh, idea. Well done, Alan. Yeah, it was. It, he gave me the title and everything. He yeah, yeah. And you you came up with this character called Livchenko, who's now become such a part of the fibre of Big Finish, hasn't she? Um, yes. Really, and who'd have who'd have thought that when Nicola hit the heights that she has done, she'd still be there? For, you know, just again, what a, what a special person to actually make herself available for us when her career is going through the stratosphere. She's always there when we need She's her. She's amazing, isn't she? With that, yeah, and, and gave a very nice message to you, I thought, on your video. Yes, yeah, she she's again, you know that. Like I said, Nicola's still alive, thank God. You know, <laughs> but we can, we can, we can, we can say, you know, how lucky are we to to have these people in our lives? Because, you know, they're not just brilliant at what they do; they're just fantastic people. And it, and it was your idea to cast her as well, wasn't it? For, it for, was for my idea, film. and I didn't think we'd get her, but she came in. And no. do you remember we pretty much cast it with people who knew? Yes, Doctor Who. Doctor so we had. Who. Toby Haydoke, didn't we? And um, Dan Starkey, Nicholas Pegg. It was everybody who knew who mythology. And Nicola came in and she was working with Mark Gatiss at the time at the National during the evening. So she came in during right. the day um, and she said, oh, Mark had told me, you know, it's, 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 you know it's, it's, there'll be loads of continuity and I won't necessarily understand it, but I'm just here to have fun. And she, you know, she did. She just threw herself into it. And I think she... She really loves the whole fandom thing. She lo she loves things that have that kind of following. You know, she re she really bought into the idea of something being so exciting and having such a following. Um, yes. Yeah, it was. I thought uh, for me, I thought she was 
for about the first half of the first day, I think she was a bit spooked by it and felt like she was with a load of experts and she wasn't an expert. So she was a little Mm. bit, you know, I mean, her performance was brilliant, but she was, you know, and I think I seem to remember the ice sort of broke when it came to a point where she had to do a load of technical, say a lot of technical stuff. And I and she messed it up. And I said, I thought you were supposed to be good at this kind of thing from Spooks, which, of course, is what she was famous for at the time. And, then she, and she came very close to the microphone. She said, the secret's out. I'm really rubbish at it. And then everyone just laughed so much. It was, And I could, by the end of the day, I, I could see she was just like, oh, this is amazing. I'm really loving this. You know, and it was... Um, did yeah, you... Did you no, say, did you... She, she, I was going to oh, say, sorry, did you read the interview with her in the Radio Times where she's talking about Spooks fans when they come up to her in the street? She no. says they always just sidle up to her and say things like, the geese are flying from the west, and then walk <laughs> off again. <laughs> Isn't that brilliant? <laughs> Benji, what were you going to say? Just say she's just so much fun, and I think I think that's, you know, one apart from the fact that she's just an incredible actress, she's just, I think she has such a sense of fun about her that it's, it's an infectious sort of level of fun I think yeah. everybody and it's really noticeable especially when you're, when you're either in studio with her or if you're you're listening to it sort of in post-production you can just you can just hear that that everybody is having such a good time mm-hmm. and she doesn't take it she takes it seriously but she in between you know this she just has a great time and mm. it's so nice it's so refreshing yeah and, and I was very keen you know when you David said oh she should come back and we put her in dark eyes too I was very keen to write her sort of reintroduction script. Anyway, um, Robophobia, uh, just type it into the search pane, bigfinish.com. By the way, here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Robophobia. Ah, memory. What? Who the hell are you? Just passing through. It was eventually discovered that the robotics genius Taron Capel had smuggled himself aboard the Sandminer. Assuming the identity of a crew member. So you're saying you don't like robots? No, no, no. I'm not saying I like them or don't like them. Robots! Killing people! This must have been hushed up by the company. Yeah. And how many robots have we got stored on this ship? Oh, hello. Who are you? Oh, I'm just having a look around. What did he mean? A robot interfering? What indeed? What are your orders, Controller? Still think there's a murder on the loose, then? Ever considered that it might have been a robot? No. What is it? Seems the rumours were true, Chief. What rumours? Oh, this is a severed robot hand. And they fought to the last man against the terrible robotic foe. Doctor, will you just stop being mysterious for one moment and tell me what the hell is going on? Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. Sorry, I did all that around the wrong way. So one more for now, <laughs> David. What's what are you going to? Um, ah, I did. Gosh, we're, we're sticking with Nicola. It's, I'm going to go for the whole of Stranded. There you go. <laughs> the whole that, of Stranded. Solid choice. Uh, because solid choice. It was it, Stranded was something I really worried about because I didn't know if anybody would like it. Even, mm-hmm. even at, sort of, I had a massive panic about a day before release um, because it. It was sort of taking Doctor Who's DNA and stripping away a lot of the essentials and trying yes. to tell stories a bit differently. And I, I don't think you can do it 
all the time, but I think for a one-off experiment, um, it, it was definitely worth a go. And to see people respond to it and love it so much. And, and also, I, what, what I really loved about it was the fact that it started off that we kind of, the relationship between Liv and uh, Tanya um, started off as kind of just a part of the series. And I think as we went along, the writers and myself and Ken fell in love with them so much. They became such a huge part of the running story. The the emotional resonance from that just became huge. So by the end, you know, I just weeping listening to the to the edits. Yeah, it's it, that's as a run of stories that was really special to me. Yeah, and I think it's very special to Big Finish and to Doctor Who at large that you know, and you came up with this idea to do it, I believe. It was it was your plan, wasn't it, in the first place? And then you spoke it, to Matt Fitton. Yeah, I was it. waiting for just people to say no, <laughs> basically. Um, I just thought it was such a beautifully, you know, it, a radical thing to do. And I think that, you know, we're Big Finish, we do a lot of very traditional stuff. and But I think we should push the envelope as well when we can. And I think without mm. it sounding too portentous, it's, you know, this is an important release and I'm, I'm really proud that Big Finish has done it. And I feel I can commit that sin because I've had virtually nothing to do with it. You know, I've just sat mm. on the sidelines and well, I've read storylines and approved those as they've gone mm. through and just, um, mm. yeah, it's quite a phenomenal achievement. So blooming well done. I think it was a weird one as well. Just, just quickly, mm. it just it, it came around at I'm not saying the right time because it really wasn't the right time for any of us. But we, it sort of coincided with lockdown, mm. and very much thematically, it obviously everybody is stranded on Earth, and it's very sort of domestic and housebound. And it's uh, incredible, really, that all of this sort of happened at the same time that everybody went through this. Yeah. And so I associate when I think of the pandemic and I think of lockdown, I associate my time working on Stranded with that. And so it's a very a strange sort of dynamic and a really interesting sort of time to tell stories. Yeah. And you did great work on it as well. Yes. Benji, yeah. With all sound I think, design. Yeah. I, it's yeah. just it's just the quality of the whole thing. It's just that there's such wonderful scripts and to do something which isn't, you know, running and running away from monsters and blasting things with lasers to, to have something so sort of insular it was just it's just lovely a real privilege to work on that i think it might be a crass question benji but is, is it harder to create the real world in sound design than it is a, a fake one okay so this is this is i would say uh speaking for a lot of the sound designers i think a lot of the sound designers prefer doing like the science fiction thing however for me I actually loved doing the real world stuff. I think it helped because um, I jumped in very early on in my time doing sound design with Survivors. And that was very much, you know, everything had to be as real as it gets. And so I actually really enjoy, quite enjoy the challenge of, of making making the real world sound as authentic as possible. I mean, with Stranded, you know, with that one, it was real co collaboration between myself and Matt Fitton because he he drawn the map of the house oh, yes. and everything had to be just so you had to have the doors in the right places and the stairs and in the right spots otherwise it wouldn't work and so that was a challenge that was because obviously if you know you can't have you know you can't have Tanya Bell's flat which is 
I seem to recall, bottom floor on the left. You can't suddenly have a door on the right. It would be weird and, hmm. and wrong. So, yeah, it's challenging. But I prefer real-world stuff. I just what happens like if it. you put your headphones on the wrong way around, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, let's hear the trailer for the first instalment of Stranded. From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Eighth Doctor Adventures, Stranded, Volume 1. She used every ounce of her strength to escape the crucible. No control, no navigation. Instinct brought her to her second home, Earth. Then she gave up the ghosts. You're saying you own a house? Oh, this place. Isn't this Baker Street? Expensive area. Number 107. I made the investment a long time ago. Hello? Can I help you? Yes. What are you doing in my house? The past few days, everyone's becoming more paranoid that there could be someone or something else in the house. The idea of spending the rest of my life here. There are worse places to live than planet Earth. The TARDIS isn't responding at all. Well, we knew it'd be difficult. I really think I might not get her back. Doctor, Liv's been shot! I thought it was safe here, but we've lived our lives so dangerously for so long that we've forgotten death lurks everywhere. Driving a car, walking the street, working in a shop. A police box on Camden Road. I'm old enough to remember what this was really used for. Big finish. We love stories. But if we're going to be stuck here a while, we might as well give the walls a lick of paint. I'm a time lord. I don't do up kitchens. There we are. You know, just go to bigfinish.com and type stranded into the search pane at the top and you will find it. David, that's uh, the latest three. We'll be coming back to you for uh, your top two. (laughs) Although not really top two, just another two. But that just doesn't sound as exciting, does it? Um, But do hang around and interrupt and make uh, stupid comments. Thank you. Um, So, yes, uh, I love the way I've written in the script. I meant to write fascinating stuff, David, but I wrote fascination stuff, David. Uh, (laughs) uh, Time now for listeners' emails. That's right. And you can send a fascination email if you wish, but it might be better to be a fascinating email. And all you have to do is send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. It's as simple as that. Type it in, send it. We love reading them. We love it. Uh, we do. We, we love it. We can't always read them all, but Even we certainly we're dying try. of heat exhaustion, we love it. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah well, we'll just we'll deal with them. Send them second class post and we won't <laughs> have to worry. Um, but this first one uh, up here, an old favourite, Nissa McKinnon. Uh, the subject of this one is losses. Um, dear everyone who works for the love of stories uh, thank you for everything you do Um, the last couple of weeks have been rough on fandoms we lost Olivia Newton-John today and last week was Nichelle Nichols uh, plus David Warner and Bernard Cribbins I'm sure I'm missing someone Uh, a bright spot in this was your touching tribute i have a lot of works to catch up on but i was delighted to hear how excited they were to work with you big finish has a lovely family that binds together to make great stories my condolences for your loss Uh, i'm a little behind and i had to move to a smaller apartment and i may be unpacked by the end of thanksgiving (laughs) downsizing and all Uh, i wanted to say that i listen to all things big finish whilst i'm working or biking about well that's because we did Um, ask people to say how they listen to big finish that's why (laughs) nessa's telling us that 
Now, I hope that the weather is a nice summer temperature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get a PM um, that will actually do the best for everyone. Um, but from what I see of the two, that might be pushing it. Wow. Yours in time, uh, Nissa McKinnon. Well, can't make political comments, but you're probably right. Uh, thank you for that email. Uh, thank you, Nissa. Uh, next up, uh, Tali uh, writes in with Stargate exclamation mark. Hi, Nick and Benji. Hi there. Hi there. Long time listener, first time caller, as it were. I just had to express my absolute joy at the Stargate announcement. I discovered Big Finish after becoming visually impaired too late for the initial releases and I'm behind, sorry, and I'm beyond excited to finally enjoy Stargate and even more thrilled for the new adventures. Any chance at any new Atlantis coming in the future. Extra big thanks to everyone at Big Finish for bringing so much joy to my life during a difficult time. I do indeed love Big Finish stories. Best, Tali. Tali, uh, uh, we're releasing all the stuff that we made uh, for Stargate, uh, but we're not planning on doing anything new at the moment. I think that's fair to say. Hmm. Yes. Solid answer. Thanks for writing in. David, it's up to you. If, if you've got the script open, you're well. You're welcome to read this email. If not, I shall endeavour to do it. On your you behalf. go. You're, well, you're much better at this stuff than I am. Go on. I'm not. I'm not a reader. Well, this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from Lester Dinnerstein the second, which is just the greatest name ever. Yeah. Um, subject to this one is Stargate thoughts. Uh, hi there. Um, hi there. I was wondering if you get Sharon Gosling back on the podcast to talk about her quest to get Stargate on Big Finish. I think it'd be interesting to hear how she was instrumental in getting the franchise in the first place. My hope is that this will lead to new Stargate audios. Now, I was a bit disappointed that our hosts were not too familiar with the Stargate television series. Um, however, if I'm throwing stones, duck, um, then I have to admit that there are ranges on Big Finish that I am not familiar with as well, with Blake 7, Thunderbirds, or Stingray. Da -da -da -da. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, there are more, um, but the purpose of this email was not to give you guys a laundry list of what we don't know, but to encourage you to see it if you could get Sharon's take on Stargate. Um, when I first listened to this podcast back in 2020, I thought it'd be fun to listen to what is upcoming in the Big Finish Rangers, but I found myself enjoying your sense of humour, uh, what's upcoming, and what is being built across the street from Benji. <laughs> yes, uh, at the moment there is in fact a, a luxury uh, retirement I know, we've uh, mentioned this. Place, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ice cream parlour galore. <sighs> um, I said I'm moving in. Oh, do you know what I was tempted to? Let's I'm retire. Get a hairdresser, a cinema. I mean, what you know? What more do you want? They've also announced a walkway garden. Like it's like a suspended walkway above this garden that you can walk around and see all the trees below. Sounds like the sort of thing Boris Johnson would want. <laughs> It certainly does. Yes, a treehouse. Um, uh, oh, and my summer has been tied into teaching summer school here in the States, um, taking my six-year-old daughter to gymnastics, swim class and horse camp. Uh, no, Benji, not a camp where horses hang out, but a place where kids learn the basics of riding and how to take care of horses. I quite like the idea of a couple of horses sitting around playing snap or something. You know. I, I just saw horses sitting at a bar drinking. Like, oh, yeah, it's nice here at the old horse camp, isn't it? Yeah. Could I have another uh, another round of hay, please? Um, uh, what I've been listening to was Beyond War Games. Oh. Yes, my copy of that arrived a few days oh, yeah, ago. Uh, although it's going to be difficult to wait an entire year for the next box set, but the schedule is 
the schedule. Yes. Thank you guys for all you do. Lester Dinnerstein, a.k.a. Tired Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it may be pronounced Dinerstein. I don't know. But anyway, it could thank be, you, like, Lester. Yeah, you're, yeah, it could do. Um, I, I think it is Dinerstein. You're right. I, I don't know. But I'm just guessing. You know so. me. I don't get anything right, and that's part of my charm. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. It's very charming. It's uh, one of I'm the many fascinating qualities. A I lot have. of people are saying, oh, do we only get one second Doctor box set uh, a year? I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll look into that. But at the moment, the way things set up, it would actually kill me to do two. I can see David looking at me. There's, there's no way Nick Briggs can manage two yeah. uh, box sets a year. Uh, no. Anyway, uh, at least Mark Rice is back producing now. Um, listen, that is it for the emails this week. And you won't be surprised to hear there'll be more next time. Sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. As always, the Randomoids Electron is preparing itself in the background right this minute, getting ready to offer a 25% discount on our randomly selected Big Finish release. Yes, yes. Uh, once again, that, that link was cut and pasted from the previous podcast. Uh, and don't Magic. forget, we'll be discovering the top or last two of David Richardson's top 10 favourite productions he's worked on. But before that, it's time for Also Available. And this week, it's UFO Destruct Positive. And the first episode, uh, we're going behind the scenes. And it's coincidentally entitled Destruct Positive. Hello, this is Nick Briggs. And I am the director and script editor of UFO. So, when you're ready, we'll have a... Very much ready. Yes. I'd been talking with ITV for quite some time about potentially getting Thunderbirds and then we ended up doing The Prisoner. So I had quite a dialogue with them and I, I said at one point that I'd be very interested in Space 1999 and UFO. And uh, they came back to me and said, OK, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. So, you know, we got permission to do Space 1999 and UFO at the same time, um, uh, the all sorts of um, random factors meant that UFO, we were developing it slightly later. And of course, the pandemic had a bit of a, an effect on that. But here we are finally doing UFO. And I, I just love it. You know, um, it was Jerry Anderson's first live action TV series. And I remember the... Um, excitement I had as a kid and this slight annoyance that it often used to be scheduled it's not exactly opposite Doctor Who but it used to in my region anyway the southern television region it used to overlap Doctor Who by sort of five minutes or something so you'd you'd miss the beginning of an episode of Doctor Who if you wanted to watch UFO on ITV so I remember re-watching it in the later 70s when they started putting it on Saturday mornings um but it's a remarkable show. He's still stubbornly clinging to those scraps of memory, though. And what I remember about the original TV series, it started off trying to sort of prove its uh, credentials as an adult show. So the first episode is full of the most appalling 1970s or 1969, I think they were shot, um, sexism and really outmoded attitudes to gender and, uh, you know, and... But... Um, the interesting thing about UFO to me is that it had a lot of angst in the character, particularly uh, in Ed Straker's character, um, 
and it um, a lot of it mirroring stuff that was going on in Jerry Anderson's life at the time. You know, difficulties with the marriage, worried about a child, all those kind of things were directly reflected in UFO. So it gave gave it a sort of strangely adult hard edge. When of course it was also largely about futuristic ships flying around and shooting at UFOs and you know and it still had a kind of Thunderbirds feel to it because there was uh, or a super marionation feel I should say because there was lots of martial music a lot of Barry Gray's music still had a sort of super marionation feel about it even though he did do all the Hammond organ and the groovy stuff as well which had a more sort of adult um, thing going on. And of course, in the later episodes of UFO, it really did. I remember, you know, when it was being repeated on ITV, they they showed them late at night because, you know, there's some with sort of themes of uh, drug abuse. It's very difficult to categorise UFO, but I do think it's an interesting and innovative series. Every time I watch it again, and I've watched it many times, I adore it more. So the first episode of this box set is called Destruct Positive, and it's our kind of um, uh, reboot of the UFO uh, story, a reimagining. It's slightly different from the TV series. We have um, Straker being a test pilot who has an early encounter with a UFO. XD-1, get out of there now. Who the hell is this? What's your authority? Now, Straker, just get out! Damn it! Um, and um, it's really about his journey, Ed Straker's journey, to become involved in Shadow. And in fact, as it's written here by Andy Lane, uh, Ed comes up with the, uh, the name Shadow. Before that, they were calling it the ADO, the Alien Defense Organization, but he's he put the Supreme Headquarters thing on it and also thought that it, it, it works well with the idea that the war will be fought secretly in the shadows. Hello, my name is Barnaby Kay and I play Ed Straker. So, what's the next step? I've spent most of, well, as long as I can remember watching UFO over the last sort of uh, few weeks. Um, and it's, it's a fantastic series. It, it, uh, Nick Briggs told me about it and sent me a link to the first episode which I watched and then immediately contacted him and said what are you talking about we can't do this because it's quite of its time but very quickly the the, the series sort of dumps all that sort of you know just slightly dated what we see is slightly dated um subject and and uh, and becomes really it's a really exciting and thought-provoking series because you know it doesn't shy away from from the difficulties that people have emotionally and and ed straker i mean ed bishop who plays ed straker in the series you know he he gives it so much intensity and so much um repressed rage and and emotion and and it, and so it's a it's a really great watch um and you know the effects are the effects in this series are brilliant for for the time, really, really good. And and you know there's all that sort of Anderson um, 
a trickery with the with the huge. They must have had huge pools of water representing the sea and all these in, intricately made models, um, which they then generally blow up. And it, it, you know, it's a great it's a great series. And and this uh, Andrew's script and the next two scripts too that we're recording this week, and they're great and really capture it. I think there's something going on here. I, I, I don't know. What it is. As usual with Big Finish, you get fantastic actors. And so these people are coming in with these great characters that they've created. And and so that's uh, always a highlight. I, I suppose particularly for me is working with Gina Spark again because we haven't seen each other or worked together since um, since we did Wallander in Sweden. This is Major Straker calling for Lieutenant Colonel Virginia Lake. Yes, Virginia Lake has an interesting role in this. Again, slightly unlike her TV role. To start with, I think, you know, the listener will think that she is um, one of the baddies. She seems not to really care for Straker's well-being and is also considering having him shot. This is Sniper One in position. I have eyes on the target. But she is a hardened, you know, alien uh, fighter, as it were. She's been involved in this for quite some time and she realises how life or death the struggle is. And in Jeannie Spark, you know, we have an amazing actor who I really adore working with. I was really keen to cast her and so delighted that she could make it. It's always a brilliant experience working with Jeannie because she's funny and full of energy and full of enthusiasm for the part. Hello, hello, hello. 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 Hello, Jeannie. Hello, everybody. Hello, I'm Jeannie Spark, and I'm playing Lieutenant Colonel Virginia Lake. Well, he knows something happened, but he doesn't know what. Yes, so we we meet her uh, on secondment from the British Army and potentially potentially the Secret Services uh, to an American Air Force base uh, where she becomes part of the action after Ed Straker gets shot down during a test uh, a test flight. Uh, and she sort of goes on to become a more and more important figure uh, in, in Ed's life uh, and sort of sort of overseeing his progression from a standard US Air Force test pilot to something which has much greater and graver international and uh, and universal import. Lake, how's our man? Uh, I did not know uh, UFO at all until I was sent the scripts, and then I started doing some research and very quickly went, "What?" <laughs> uh, and uh, as as um, uh, Barnaby and I have have chatted about, and uh, and Nick- Nicholas Briggs as well, the director, have chatted today about the, um, the the different sensibilities of the time in which UFO was made. Uh, in the late 60s and, and 70s, um, particularly in terms of things like uh, objectification of women, uh, being in sort of skimpy, skimpy clothes, and uh, you know, sort of slight, slightly a slight emphasis on that at the expense of what women can actually do. I watched the first few episodes, and uh, it departs from that so swiftly and becomes something much more interesting and engaging uh, that I was. I was kind of hooked. I was like, why have I not why have I not been aware of this before? This is brilliant. Um and I've absolutely loved reading Andrew's scripts and this reimagining of this of the UFO world is uh is very exciting and actually doesn't feel dated at all, really. It feels quite 
contemporary and modern and exciting. Let's keep listening. There's never just one highlight doing a big finished production. There's always at least like 85. <laughs> so, uh, the, the scope of talent is just fantastic. And these incredible characters uh, leaping off the page and through the microphone and through the headphones, uh, sometimes exactly as you've imagined them and sometimes really different, but like kind of much better. Uh, it's just been an absolute pleasure and, um, and a real privilege to act with the other actors today. Um, but also really, I mean, just great fun to play such a such an exciting and powerful female part. Um, and also getting to work again with um, Barnaby Kay, who uh, I last worked with 10 years ago on a TV show called Wallander. And um, it's been lovely to be reunited again in a totally different context. Well, just type UFO into the search at the top when you go to bigfinish.com to enter a world of adventure, action, flying saucers, sneaky aliens, and big explosions. Well, I love you that have we to both do a lot of typing if you listen to this podcast, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the typing podcast. Tied in with Mavis Beacon. Um, Who's Mavis uh, don't Beacon? Don't forget... This is me and Jamie Anderson have talked about this. It's, it was back in the 90s. <laughs> it was this CD that everybody at school had to do to learn to touch type. Oh. So you do your Mavis Beacon. Um, I think it was a woman. I think it was like her thing that well, she did. called Mavis Beacon. I'm not, Mavis ent- Beacon, I'm not yeah. entirely surprised. I hope she's still typing to this day. Yes. Um, Hello, Mavis. Fingers crossed. Uh, but don't forget, though, we'll be dramatising you with the first 15 minutes of the Ninth Doctor, Salvation 9, very soon now. But first... It's the Randomoids Electrotron, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. What have we got? We've got yeah. Situation Vacant. Oh, I don't Ooh. like the way that you... Uh, know in advance what it is i keep telling people that we don't know benji but you've you secretly know so you're sort of saying that it's not entirely random anyway um not always but but it still is random here is the trailer coming soon from big finish productions Good morning, I'm the Doctor. My name's Asha Qureshi. Um, I'm uh, Theo Lawson. My name's Juliet Walsh. Uh, Hugh Bainbridge. I relied on my companions for help. Theo, grab the end of the cable, then come back. I'm on it. Advice? We need to take bold, smart, effective action. I relied on their skills. Doctor, look, it's got a USB port. Knowledge. You know, it's not just scientists who've disappeared. And sense of morality. Not so fast! <laughs> You need to be self-motivated. What do you think you're doing? You're saving your life! Bravery. Oh, crikey, it's coming this way! But also capable of working harmoniously with me and anybody else who might join us in my TARDIS. Please follow me into the blue box! Any questions? Doctor Who. Situation vacant. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. So there we go. Um, it's going to be out of print on CD when current stocks have been sold. Well, I suppose that makes sense. Um, David, you remember this one, do you? I do. I was yeah, I was there at the recording. My very early yeah. days, wasn't it, of my time at Big Finish? But I, it was. I, I remember all those very 
excellent people that Barney cast as the potential companion. It was, it was That's right, because the idea was it was like an X, it was like an X Factor for for companions, written brilliantly by Eddie Robson. Yeah, yeah, really, it's really sparky and and frothy that script. But yeah, it was a, a super day. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's got Joe Thomas in it, hasn't it? Was this before his in between his fame? No, it was <laughs> during. During wow, I've forgotten Joe of... Thomas being in it. Yes, of course. And he came back as well and did another one at some other point. Uh, was it called Castle of Fear? That um, yeah, Fifth Doctor story. Yeah, yes, so, he I mean, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, we and there, we've had one of the other in betweeners in as well. Jamie Anderson cast him. I can't he remember did. his name. Yeah. Do you remember his name? It's Blake Harrison. Who's, oh. who's in it? Yeah, mm. yeah. One go. of the one of the four in betweeners. Who's? I think he's done. He's also done multiple uh, big finish. I think yeah, he's certainly look. done more than one. I would say. I think he came three, back as the three. same. Yeah, he was the same character. I think he. It was a continuing thread in a, was in a trilogy. A trilogy, I'd call it. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. I was saying that while you were saying that. That's <laughs> <laughs> why we Which worked. Which is u- usually. Didn't we work well together, Nick? <laughs> Didn't we? Yes. Always with a slight internet delay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was great fun to do. Uh, these were heady days of the Paul McAndrew. I'm really shocked to see that it was actually the fourth series by then, because I felt like mm. it was much earlier on. But there you have yeah. it. Yeah. Great writing by Eddie Robson. I'm not sure. I don't know whether Eddie's written anything for us recently. Should get him to do something. Yes. Okay, well, listen, uh, while I email Jackie Emery at Big Finish to make sure she knows which release to attach the offer to, Benji, uh, please explain how you get the 25% discount in the style of the in between us. Yeah, well, I suppose that, uh, you know, you've got Joe who talks like this. So you go to bigfinish.com. Trust me on this one. Trust me. It's well good. <laughs> you go to bigfinish.com. Um, what's Big Finish talking? Well, you go to podcast set. I'm just, I just sound like I'm rambling now. Go to the podcast. <laughs> so I was just thinking how brilliant it was. Oh yes, well you would think that, wouldn't you? Because you're very smart. You go to the podcast section. Once you're on there, go to read more. What's read more? Don't just shut up. Go to read more. Uh, when you're on there, click there. Enter the code Buck Up. B U C K U P. Trust me on this one. Enter Buck Up. Click there, you get 25% off. As you can tell, David, it's chaotic here. Um, enter your code buck up, you'll get 25% off. It's well worth doing. Good way to build up your collection. Um, there we go. What a talent. Nicely done. Doesn't he? He always finds a way. I give him ridiculous challenges. I don't, I don't know uh, how you manage to hang on to a talent like that, actually, Nick. I'm amazed he hasn't been snapped up. I know. I, uh, I've, I've got hold of his feet. That's the, the Impressionists <laughs> Guild. <laughs> So, Ran, you are, of course, brilliant. Uh, next week's podcast will be packed with some very exciting stuff. But rather than preview that, let us return to David Richardson and his final Ooh. top two favourite productions. I'm on. Okay. David, so this, this next one, right. Um, right. If I was asked by somebody to give them an episode just to show what we can do, there's something I'm really right. proud of. At this moment in time... Yeah. I would give them the Ninth Doctor Old Lang Syne by the brilliant Tim Foley. I mean, Tim is Tim's a writer I just keep going back to time and time again because he just writes beautiful stories. He's doing so much, isn't he? So yes. much, but he writes beautiful stories and he does them 
from the point of view of characters. He really minds the characters. And Old Lang Syne was so, a really a very special one. Um, and the cast just reacted to how special the script was. It was one of those days where everybody just loved it. Um, oh. it, it, it you know, as, Can you tease us what it's about? Um, it's about a family and it's about their annual New Year's Eve party every year. Um, and every year they go to a, a weekend retreat um, to celebrate New Year and the Doctor turns up at the New Year Eve party, not necessarily in the right order. Um, and it's it's another story about loss, actually. And, you know, the really the, the high point of the story, I think, is about that when you can travel in time, everybody's alive at some point. Um, and there's just some scenes yeah. in there that are heartbreaking and beautiful and... It's just, it, it, it's one of those scripts that I think is right up there with the, the best of Big Finish. So, hooray for Tim, I say. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, you know, just great stuff. So many of his stories coming through and I just love them when I read them. Which box set is that part of? What's what's the title of it? Is it called? <laughs> Shall I ask the internet? I don't, it, it's confusing for me because at the minute I'm, working on edits for a Ninth Doctor box set three in advance so um, we did it's in so back to earth is it oh, well done that makes sense yes from Big Finish Productions Doctor Who the Ninth Doctor Adventures back to earth who are you me I'm the Doctor what Doctor what do you mean what's your name just the Doctor Sorry, old girl, but nothing and no one gets inside our defences. I know you won't like it, and I probably won't either, but there is something very powerful and very malevolent down that rabbit hole, and we're going in after it. Oh, there's nothing more that I detest. Hello? Fine. Be spooky, then. <laughs> it's okay. Inside. Quick. And an uninvited... Technically, they are the walls, the floors, the doors, the lords and ladies of Bolt's house. Big finish for the love of stories. So, yeah, do do um, go to the Big Finish website if you haven't heard this one before and uh, type in Back to Earth. And it's the uh, uh, the Ninth Doctor Adventures, the second uh, series of them, and uh, you'll be able to. There's oh the the false Dimitri, and Station to Station. We yeah I remember we did a, a drama tease of Station to Station. Okay, 
on to your final one. My final one. Uh, that was a hard choice. Yes. But, um, okay, when I was at school in the sixth form, I was obsessed with King Lear, which we were studying. Were you? Um, yeah, to the point... Oh, I wonder what you're going to choose then. Yeah, to, to, the, <laughs> point, to the point where um, most people just studied it, but I learned the play. I was so... So wow, the whole thing. I, I pretty much learned the whole play. Yeah, it's, it's not in there any longer. Wow. Um, I've oh. seen so many performances. Blow winds sick. and crack your cheeks. That's, yes. that, I, that's my Hurricanos. quote. Yes. Um, and uh, I didn't get to see David Warner uh, when he played Lear on stage, but I floated the idea of us perhaps doing Lear at Big Finish with David, mm. um, just really to to capture that performance for posterity. Um, and I approached mm. you and Jace with the idea and you were, you were both up for it. I spoke to David and he just wasn't interested. He, he said, give me a few days to think about it, but you know, I, I don't really feel that keen because for an actor playing Lear, I mean, it, it, it takes so much out of you, doesn't it? You know, we were, yes, yes. we were asking him to come in and go through all that trauma of that role again. Yeah. Um, and he came back to me after a few days and said, I really don't want to do this, but I'll do it for you. And oh. he, so he played Leah for us. And we have, we have that performance captured for posterity. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Um, and he, he did that as a gift to Big Finish, a gift, gift to us. So, oh. you know, I think looking back now and having, you know, the country, the industry, we have lost David. Um, mm. But, you know, he gave us lots of gifts at Big Finish. And this, to me, is the best. You know, we have his... Did leader. he ever say why... Yeah, but did he ever say why he didn't want to do it? Just the sheer heft of the role. I, th I think, yes. you know, doing it on stage, it really took him out on it. And just, that out, and just the idea of going back to it having done it probably you know often actors don't like to go back to things do they they move mm. on and i guess if, if you've done that role and done it time and time again and it's taken so much out of you um but i, I suspect that was it um but no. Oh yes. Came back and did it I, I know time. i know what you mean but that's brilliant and it's i feel so proud for us that we got david warner doing that and such yeah. a great cast who was who was the director Barnaby Edwards. Yeah, yes. And uh, yeah, we had a great cast. Louise Jameson and Finty Williams and Lisa Bowerman were the three daughters. Um, yeah. You know, what a thrill for them to to work with David on that. Yeah, just, you know, the fact it exists, it's there forever. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, King Lear. Child Roland to the Dark Tower came. The king is coming. No, we have divided in three our kingdom. Tell me, my daughters, which of you shall we say doth love us most? This is the excellent foppery of the world. 
that when we are sick in fortune, we make guilty of our disasters the sun, the moon, and stars. Good, my lead. Peace, Kent! Come not between the dragon and his wrath! Help, Paul! Murder! Murder! Shut up your doors, my lord. It is a wild night. Blow winds and crack your cheeks. Rage, blow. You cataracts and hurricanes spat till you have drenched our steeples. Drown the cocks. Seek out the traitor Gloucester. Hang him instantly. Pluck out his eyes. <laughs> Go thrust him out of gates and let him smell his way to Dover. How sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child! Ugh, the difference of man and man! Shut your mouth, dame, or with this paper shall I stop it! We have seen the best of our time. Machinations, hollowness, treachery, and all ruinous disorders follow us disquietly to our graves. I am a man! More sinned against than sinning! Thou wouldst make a good fool. If thou wert my fool, Nuncle, I'd have thee beaten for being old before the time. How's that? Thou shouldst not have been old till thou'dst been wise. How does my royal lord? How fares your majesty? Oh, let me not be mad. Not mad, sweet heaven. Keep me in temper. I would not be mad. Big finish. We love stories. Lovely. Well, huge thanks for that, David. Thank can you. I, for can, I, can I mention two through. more things? I, I well, hold on. We said ten. <laughs> no, these, these aren't these aren't productions. These are people. First of all, I want to make a okay. special mention to two people. One is Matt Fitton, who oh, yes. works like. What can I say? He 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 works so hard. The big finish, um, just on the sheer number of productions he does, um, the number of deadlines he has to face, and the quality of his work. Um, and he's you know he's been with me on so many productions for so long now. Um, I just want to do a big shout out to Matt because he's, you know, he keeps me upright. <laughs> Spotted by Alan Barnes as well when he entered our scripts competition. Yeah, you know, yeah. quite amazing because he said, "I know he didn't win." He said, "But you liked that story, didn't you?" And then he wrote the 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 wrong doctors. Is that what it was called? Yes, yeah. yeah. For us, and I remember just that thing where you just read the beginning of a script and you think, "This is going to be good." This guy really knows what he's doing. And for me, he's never really looked back after that. You know, yeah, that first script he did for us. Yeah, he's always got stuck in as well, and I think what's so lovely is he's just the nicest man, isn't he? he is. He's just yes. a lovely person. Yeah. Puts up with a lot of rubbish from us, doesn't he? You know. Yeah. We get yeah. we we take the Mickey out of him quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but we're being nice now. He won't know what to do with himself. <laughs> and the other person great, is great you, chat. Nick, who got me in from the oh. very beginning, got me the job, even though I didn't think I could do it, and I spent two years thinking <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um, did you really? Well, you kept that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, I really did. Um, yeah, and I think you—you know—you really did change my life. I sort of put me 
in a completely different place to the one to the place where I came in to Big Finish. Actually, it's it's done me no end of good. It's been the making of me. So I wanted to oh. thank you for that, but I also wanted to point out to people, because people probably are not aware of this, how much you nurture and help other talent. You look out for people and bring them into Big mm. Finish and nurture them and send them on their way to do their work. So, you know, I've been on the receiving end of that, and it's, you know, as I say, it's changed my life, but you're still doing it. You do it all the time. And I just wanted people to be aware of that because it's something that's not ever talked about. Thank you. It's difficult to speak, but thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I think we, working together at Big Finish, we had a really special relationship because, you know, mm. we, 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 there were two or three occasions we had incredible rows, you know. But, <laughs> you know, but they I can were, only remember one of them, but I'm aware yeah, there were other times. There were two or three, but, you know, they, they exploded very quickly. And, you know, within minutes we were kind of very sensitively working our way around the issue and finding out why we had a different opinion and finding a compromise and I, I think you know there are very few people I have that kind of relationship with you know it, it's all it, yes it, to be to be able to disagree with somebody and yet find a compromise and still you know just get on really well with and not somebody. and not bear any kind of ill will afterwards that's the i never i think that. it's because <laughs> <laughs> actually yes i just wanted to say before you go <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, i think it's because uh we both well i think that here we are on earth with lots of other human beings and i want us I want all of us to get on with each other, mm. which of course mm. we don't, which is why the world's in such a terrible state. But that that's the first thing that's most important to me, you know, Eve, uh, and I think you and I have a mutual appreciation of that, that when it comes down to it, it's not about winning, it's not about getting one over on, on someone, it's about, you know, just working together and finding some common ground or identifying what isn't common ground and finding a way to sideline that, you know, that's, that's where the future of humanity resides in an ability to be like that. It's not all about saying we're best, our country is best, this thing is better than yours. That's, that's the way to a burning cinder in space. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I think for me, you know, we both have that attitude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's right. I, there's no way I would have stayed with Big Finish for 15 years if, you know, our relationship had, hadn't and still is so, so strong, really. Yeah. Thank you. Well, gentlemen, it's a pleasure to work with both of you. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast as well, David. And oh. so nice to, to know that you're, uh, you're slowing down a bit, but not leaving completely on, on that i know i can speak for everybody that that is just such a nice thing because big finish is 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 a family yeah and you're such a huge part of that family and you're such a you, you know behind the scenes i can't i can't begin to imagine well, both of you but i can't begin to imagine how much you've had to do because in my mind when i come across a problem i always think to myself well i'll just I'll just quickly ask David. David will know. <laughs> and so the idea that, that, that you know, you're, you're not this supercomputer of knowledge that you say, oh, yes, I know this. It's it's a job and it's a hard job. And, and I really, you know, I really appreciate 
what what you do and what you have done and it's just nice to be able to continue working with you mm, thank you benji and you know we, we have so many more productions to do together don't we so it won't be any oh it certainly do any yeah I'm knee deep in one at the moment knee yeah. deep <laughs> yeah get on with it <laughs> well, then, yeah, nearly there nearly there well anyway um, in the meantime folks uh, Nick over to you and please don't forget we do all this for the love of stories and now Salvation 9 by Timothy X Atak part of the latest adventures of the Ninth Doctor as portrayed by the one the only Christopher Eccleston report. Bulkheads 5 through 6 breached. Invading force is moving in our direction towards command post. Orbital stability remains uncompromised. Anti-Nav Floris. Yes, Navog? How are they moving so fast? Maybe a small platoon? Attacking our defences surgically and then... Any similar reports from the rest of the fleet? Negative. It has to be the specialist forces targeting me. They want to cut off the head. So be it. Engage all the defense measures along the connecting bridge and show me its security feed. Bridge security feed on your eye now. What am I looking at? I can't confirm, but it's disabling the defenses as it goes. Bulkheads 4 to 1 opening Navok, we're completely exposed. Contact imminent. They still have to clear the rest of the bridge. Raise rifles. Prepare to fire. and defences disabled by... by... by this one person. <sighs> Hello, hi. Hi there. <laughs> I am the Navarak Elhanin of the Third Alliance Fleet. And... Yeah, 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 I know. Sorry. Oh, I see. Sorry, that was a seriously long card. Now, hang on. Just, uh... Baby, sit down. Oh. I meant to land in your command post, obviously. Got that wrong. Looked at the whole length of the neck thing leading to the front of the ship. Thought, I hope I don't have to leg it down all that. Then, How did uh, you... Yeah, later, if you don't mind. You're, you're in charge of this whole intergalactic fleet, right? All 700 vessels? I am. Good. I'm the doctor. Let's see if I can stand up. Oh, uh, don't bother. You saw what I did with your guns last time. Say hello to my little friend. What do you want, Doctor? Just, you know, don't. Don't? You're about to attack the ninth moon of salvation. Don't. The only surviving intelligent life on Salvation 9 is the invading enemy force. And I can't believe you're unaware of how dangerous, how murderous and unstoppable they are. Actually, I'm here to save them. Why would you do that? Long story. Asking nicely, leave them in peace. Doctor, that's nonsensical. It's obscene. Why would anyone want to save the Sontarans?
I was born in the trade city of Ume San Barras. Mm, on the cusp of the Desert of Roth. You know it. Yeah, stopped it blowing up about 50 years from now. This tea is something else. Brewed trader style. Mmm. So, you're from a working family? Very perceptive. My birth mother was a cargo loader. She met my seed mother while working a freight ship from the Gen Federation. But I didn't want anything to do with the mercantile fleet. I was only ever interested in the Navy. And look at you now. Top job. Own quarters, nice furniture, massive window, lovely view of the planet you're about to set fire to, murdering countless people. This war has been going on for centuries, and it won't end until every last Sontaran is eliminated. But you must be a details kind of person. Mind if I share a few with you? We commence our attack as soon as we make planet four. Oh, best get cracking then. Well, you might have guessed I'm a traveller in time, but in this case, I was just looking for a nice spot for a picnic. That's all, bit of hush. And I knew the ninth moon of salvation had these gorgeous forests, the very essence of tranquility. Yes, it was, once. Then, on approach, I notice you and your gang. Hundreds of ships, armed to the teeth, dropping from hyperspace like no one's business, out in the middle of nowhere. I ask myself, what's on a tiny little moon like Salvation 9 that's got the free galactic alliance all worked up like this? So, of course, like an idiot, I go and stick my nose in. Well, looks peaceful enough. Let's get some bearings. Life form overhead. Ah. Hello, look at you. You're lovely. The silver and green stripes, some kind of bird of paradise. Still, doubt you're the reason there's a death fleet approaching orbit. <coughs> Noisy though you are. All right, keep a lid on it. What? What have you seen from up there? Oh, no. Oh, no! Halt! Halt! Do not move! I surrender. I surrender to the eternal might of the Sontaran Empire. Putting my hands up. Don't shoot! Halt immediately! I don't understand how you're alive. This war has reached the point where Sontarans will terminate any alien presence on sight. It's their basic protocol. But turns out this wasn't your basic Sontaran. Halt immediately! I'm halted! I'm 100% halted. I can't halt anymore. It's just... There's mud. What? There's quite a lot of mud. What? Where you're heading, down there. I know the terrain very well, and it's rather muddy. You'll mess up your boots. What? Wait. Why haven't you killed me? I don't know. I don't think I want to. I like your jacket. Is it made of animal? You don't have a... You're not... Carrying... You're not armed. I have arms, just like you. Ah, I see you have your hands in the air. Should I put mine in the air too? I'll put mine in the air. Mm. This seems like fun. Not entirely sure what's going on here. Uh, is it Trooper? Commander? No. My name is Lobs. I live here. What's your name? I'm the Doctor. Pleased to meet you, the Doctor. Don't mean to be rude, but... What are you? I, I mean, Niner. Niner. Named after Salvation Nine. I don't know what that is. But we are Niners and we inhabit this forest. Wait. We? There's more. Like you. Gaznak. Gaznak, over here. Come and meet the Doctor. 
Gaznak, we've got our hands in the air and we're having a magnificent time. Would you like to join us? No, I will not. You look like absolute fools. Oh, my giddy aunt. That's simply not feasible. Oh, most things are feasible, Navark. It's only ever a matter of how likely they are. I'm guessing deep in Sontaran biology, there's still the information for female and male. Not impossible, it could be reactivated. And she... she presented as a Sontaran would present? Yep. Egghead, short and to the point, but kind of grumpy rather than totally murderous. But why? What military purpose does it serve? All that species exists for is war, glory and death. And normally I'd be with you, but I saw the village where they lived. Hundreds of them. Village? Wood huts, thatch roofs, irrigation, gardens. They took me there for lunch. For... Lunch. Mm. Mm. This is really good fruit, thank you. <clears throat> and uh, not poisoning me, which is an unexpected plus. Aren't the rest of you eating? Don't be ridiculous. We don't eat. We are not an animal like you. Now you sound like a Sontaran. Explain a Sontaran. Fine, let's keep playing this game. You've got a kind of armour, but it's really just overalls and bits of bark. That's interesting. I see some cobbled-together biotech around, but no base stations or ships. How do you charge up? Incredible. He makes no sense. Say more nonsense, stranger. Because you've still got probic vents in the back of your necks or whatever, so what do you plug into them? Ah, he means our earthing nodes. Wait, stop talking. The doctor... Why do you want to know so much about our peaceful community? Hmm, you're the leader. Is that right, Gaznak? I am the current leader in circulation. We take it in turns, on a monthly rota, so as to be fair. <laughs> Sorry, this is priceless. Your kind being fair? What is the world coming to? Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, put me down. Sorry, sorry. This behaviour does not come naturally to me. Okay. I don't like it, and I don't want my people to see it. Sure. I would like a response from you that makes sense. I'm a traveller in space and time, and I came to your world for a bit of a nice time, but it turns out there's a huge intergalactic death fleet converging on this moon. Moon? Uh, uh, forest. And the only reason I can think of is that they're coming to kill you, all of you, because they think you're dangerous. <laughs> Blimey. Laughing now? Dangerous? Yeah, normally you'd be a threat of the highest magnitude. Uh, look at me, everyone. I'm dangerous. <laughs> Are you being truthful? I wish it were otherwise. Follow me. In some of our stories, these are the eggs of a giant metal bird. But I never believed that. Too right, because this, whatever this is, it's broken. And this osmic projector is... Yeah, a goner. Everything's rusted and collapsed, but no doubt what we're on top of is the half-buried remains of a Sontaran attack squadron. Scout ships taken down by DA missiles, which dates the crash at any time in the last 10,000 years, but otherwise it isn't a whole bunch of help, though I'm still detecting a very faint distress signal. Ah, here we go. So, Gaznak, you mean you don't, um, your people don't plug yourselves into one of these to top up the old energy levels? That looks unsavory. No, 
But if we rejoin the others, I can show you our way. Doctor, welcome to our earthing wheel. Amazing. Astonishing. It must be 20 feet high. Correct. So, if I'm right, the water wheel connects to these biomass tanks, hence all the fruit and vegetables you grow? And you've adapted your probic vents. Uh, earthing nodes? Sorry, earthing nodes. To receive, I don't know, a kind of fermented biomass combination hydroelectric energy? We pass the earthing tube around the whole community, every day at this time. Sometimes the yield is low and we have to share smaller amounts. But ultimately, the land is fertile and looks after us. You've made a ritual of it. It's important we all attend, so that the sharing is fair. I sometimes overdo it a bit. It's very pleasant. It's ingenious and it's stunning. That's what it is. You should be applauding yourselves, frankly. I think we are. The earthing node is of such importance to us. We have written many songs about it, and we play them as we earth ourselves. Right, I see. Would you like to hear some of the songs? Maybe in a bit. Because remember the intergalactic death fleet? We appear to have started already. Folk music? Trust me, you don't ever want to hear Sontarans singing. It's the worst noise I've ever heard. I mean, the lyrics. The lyrics were just the earthing node over and over again at different speeds for an hour. Just goes to show. Given enough time, you can evolve out of the all-consuming need for war, but that doesn't mean you'll ever write a pop classic. Evolved? Is that what you... Excuse me. Yes? Navok, we make planetfall in 065 minutes. First wave will be 10 contingents of exomarines. Hey, wait, no! 10 contingents, Floris. Floris, while you're here, hello, the Doctor. I remember. You seem like a perfectly nice person. I try. We're at war. If I told you the Sontarans on Salvation 9 are the distant descendants of a marooned attack squadron who have spent several thousand years evolving into a peaceful agrarian society, what would you say? No, 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 no. Don't look at her. What would you say? I'd say you'd reported the presence of a Sontaran attack squadron on Salvation 9. A permission to return to post, Navarc. Granted. Thank you, Anti-Nav Floris. You're sending in exomarines. I'm not risking lives. Automated troops will execute the first stage perfectly well. Then we'll await the inevitable retaliation. It won't come. The Niners will be slaughtered. A massacre. Because it wasn't just the stuff I saw with my own eyes, you know. The water wheel, the gardens, the wreckage. As night fell, we talked. That was part of the trick. Interrogation by stealth. No, this was something you couldn't fake. A proper talk. A stupid, lovely, friendly talk. 500 miles from a plug socket, wrapped in one huge tentacle bowler hat on my head, and he looks at me and he says, Doctor, I think you should have left it in the oven. <laughs> I don't get it. 